with where you're at, um, what, what step can you take to really open that door more and open it ethically well for women and in a way that is honoring and biblical uh, for you as a male as well, because I believe that we all need one another. Well, hey guys, just a few weeks ago, I had a really cool experience. I had an opportunity to spend a few days with the Initiative Network. Now, there's a group of young leaders who are just incredible leaders. They have a lot of influence. They love the Word of God. They're so encouraging to one another. And I just got to watch this unfold for a few days. A lot of leaders in their 20s and early 30s who, if you are a little bit cynical about the future of the church, just spend some time with some young leaders who are going for it. It was an incredible few days. And during that time, I got to watch the leadership of Monica Zuniga. Now, Monica is a leader. She's going for it. She's actually the operations director at the Initiative Network, but she's also a speaker. She has deep messages in her heart for both the church and for keeping us on track with the Word of God. And I'm just so grateful for Monica's influence and just for her relationship, for her friendship, getting to know her and seeing her lead. She is a young female leader. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about young leadership. We're also going to talk about female leadership. And it's so helpful for us to get a perspective, especially if you are a male on this topic. If you're listening as a male, there are ways that you can sponsor young female leaders, that you can mentor young female leaders, that you can give them a space or a spot or a platform or influence. And so I learned a lot from this, but just have learned a ton from the Initiative Network. If you guys are listening out there, love you guys, loved connecting with you guys, and so excited to stay in relationship with you guys. But before we get started, I I had a comment the other day during a coaching session. I'm coaching a pastor, and he's in his 50s, and his statement was this, where was this coaching when I was 26? And as I think about young leadership, I am just so blown away by some of the influence today of young leaders, and yet they don't have the life experience to go with it. I know that I didn't. When I was 23 and I stepped into the pastoral space, I had no idea what was going to hit me. And I really, really, really would have benefited from the kind of coaching that we bring at Stay Forth Designs. So we would love to see more and more young leaders within our coaching program and process. Now we do some group coaching and we do some individual coaching, but overall, we just want to help. There's several ways. So if you're a young leader listening and you just wonder, how am I going to go to the next level in my leadership? Well, two things. I would encourage you to look for a mentor. Look for somebody who's older than you that you can sit down with and basically just ask them your hard questions about life and leadership. They've been there. They're going to give you their perspective. Mentors have been a huge gift in my life. But secondly, consider coaching. Coaching isn't just for people in their 40s or 50s or those in executive leadership or those who are CEOs or those who are lead pastors. It's for any leader who wants to grow in their leadership. And ours specifically helps you to overcome your overwhelm in your life, to avoid burnout, and to become the healthiest leader you can so that you can have the most sustainable impact that you can. So if you're interested in coaching, head on over to stayforth.com backslash coaching. That's S-T-A-Y-F-O-R-T-H backslash coaching. Take a look. We've got four amazing coaches and we would love to walk alongside you. So on to my interview with my friend, Monica Zuniga. 
Guys, I'm excited for this conversation today with Monica Zuniga. Monica, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So you wear a lot of different hats. I got to talk about some of the things that you're involved in and absolutely love what you're going after. We heard a little bit about Initiative Network that you work with back with Grant Skeldon on episode 50. But Monica, why don't you talk about some of the hats that you wear and how in the world you manage to do all that you do? Yeah, well, I actually um, started my career in the corporate world and then transferred into non the nonprofit sector about six years ago. And so my entering into the nonprofit wor- world quickly developed into more of a consulting role for nonprofits. And that has really been what's kind of expanded and opened my world to do what I do. And so now I'm on staff with Initiative Network. It's been about 10 months working directly with Grant, known him for years, but we've teamed up together. And in that time, um, really, I've been able to bring a lot of different things to the table and just been empowered to do a lot. And so um, through Initiative, as well as through my connections over the past six years, I do a lot of speaking at women's events, as well as speaking and consulting for churches and organizations. Um, Beyond that, I also... um, work with our network, leading our women and the women in our network, pouring into them, ensuring that they are being discipled and led well. And then I am our director of operations on staff as well. And so I ensure that everything stays running. Everyone's getting paid. We are managing our relationships well and staying on budget. I'm just ensuring that we're operating at the highest level with excellence that we are held accountable to. And so those are the three main areas that I have the honor and privilege to lead and serve through initiative and in the season of my life. That's awesome. Now, why are you so passionate about discipleship and relationships among millennial influencers? Why does that matter so much to you? Yeah. So what we do at initiative is we um, have a really unique opportunity to convene and gather some really high caliber young leaders and These leaders are making impact uh, in culture as well as through vocational ministry. So some of them are actors, Olympic athletes, I mean, uh, business owners, uh, true influencers online, YouTube stars, as well as people who work um, in churches and have nonprofits that they lead. And so we have the opportunity to convene them, gather them. Um, They build relationship with one another and intentionally with mentors and leaders that we bring them into relationship with. And really our passion, my personal passion behind that has just been um, a desire to see my generation be biblically literate as women specifically, um, have a true, not just um, head understanding of the word of God, but a heart understanding an ability to really unpack it and apply it to their lives today. Um, beyond that, I see the rise of women in our day and our culture, which really the world communicates that the rise of a woman equates the fall of man and that in order for a woman to rise up and do things and uh, take new ground that she has to bring men down with her to do that. And that's not biblically God's design. That's not the way that we're called as women of God to live and lead and serve in our spheres. And so I have a huge passion for discipleship so that women who are strong, who do lead, who have influence can understand what it looks like to do that alongside men and to grow together and to honor men and create a new picture of what feminism and femininity really looks like today. And um, honestly, to be quite frank, it's the biblical mandate. It was 
Jesus's last words, you know, go therefore and make disciples. And I feel like we've lost that in our culture. And I see that so rampant in my generation. And so we really have a passion to reach, um, the influencers, the people that are impacting culture to disciple them, train them up so that as a result, it becomes a ripple effect to the rest of culture and the rest of our generation to really have a similar passion and be trained up as well. I love it. And you guys are in the midst of really cool, creative, unique conversations. I love where you guys are heading, but I know the foundation is discipleship to say that we can't get too far from that and say Mm -hmm. that we've achieved any kind of success. love that message, both that you and Grant, that everyone at Initiative brings. So you are both young and female. So I want to talk about some of the challenges that that's brought you in leadership. What's challenging about being a young, high-capacity female today in leadership? Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm also a minority female and I'm Latina. And so uh, just traditionally, the spaces I've been in, I'm... ministry spaces and nonprofit spaces. There aren't many of me uh, as is, and then I'm young and I'm single um, and uh, leading in a lot of capacities. And so I think the biggest challenge that I've come across and had to really overcome is that um, a lot of people will be quick to make an assumption or a quick judgment about me um, before I really even open my mouth or have anything to say. I've been in um, spaces at conferences and green rooms where I'm asked to help serve or get something for a man. And I'm there to help speak alongside him. You know, um, I've uh, been at events where I've really felt like, um, I've also just been invited because I am a a young female, um, or a young minority female. And they want to tick that and check that off their box to have someone there to be in that space. Um, and then I faced the challenge of, leading people that are older than me, um, who, um, a lot, my first, um, honestly, my first leader, true, like nonprofit job that I had, I was leading a 65 year old woman, a 45 year old man and a 35 year old man. And I was 26. And so, um, that was really hard to lead people that are older than you chronologically, as well as, um, in lots of different areas of wisdom. And I think God used that. I know he used that for now today. Um, I have the honor and privilege to lead alongside my peers in a lot of way. A lot of the people in our network are my age, um, a little younger, some are older. Um, but one thing that I really value and respect about working alongside Grant is he's a big advocate for women in leadership, a big advocate for women, um, you know, just having a, an equal, not an equal voice, but a voice that's um, just as needed and necessary, knowing that we all carry something significant that we bring to the table. And I'll just say that um, at our men's retreat, several of the men um, came up to me. Uh, I was there to serve. I was in the background. There were times when I shared some specific things because we wanted to ensure that our entire team was seen and that everyone in our network knew who was a part of initiative network behind the scenes, making things happen. And several men really came and just affirmed the gifts that God's given me and saw those and spoke into that uh, by just me having the opportunity and space to stand in the room full of men, you know, 40 men and share what God put on my heart or lead them in a specific activity. And so I think that there are definitely, um, you know, the challenges that you think of and you know, the, there are times when I've been scared times when I felt like I'm not good enough or equipped to be in a room, but 
most of that I think is just uh, insecurity that I can pretty quickly overcome once I'm in that space. But I would say outside of the you know, typical things that you see and hear, uh, being overlooked, being, um, questioned, uh, being really there as a token person. I mean, those things I've, I feel like, um, I experience less and less now, um, now that the Lord's really given me a position to be a consistent voice in, in the spaces that I'm in, I feel like I, I face that less and less. Um, but I definitely am very cognizant and aware of it to ensure that as, I continue that I'm opening doors for other women as well um, to be in a space that traditionally, you know, women aren't. Um, Most of the audiences I speak to are predominantly male and I'm not that. And I'm also young. So uh, it's, it definitely has its challenges, but I think that um, it really has been more of a mental thing for me to get over, um, to have the confidence to step into that space and really shine in the gifts that I know God's given me, whether it's communication or leading. Well, thanks for all of what you do, Monica, and not just with initiative, but in those different spaces and really carving out spaces for women to lead more and more in the future. My daughter's 16, and I think we talked about that over mm. coffee. And I, I think about yeah. what spaces will she have to lead? She is a strong leader, very gifted. Mm-hmm. And I think about the opportunities that she will have uh, even more and more in the future. But what are some of the opportunities that you see either now or just coming into the picture for young female high capacity leaders? Yeah, I think now is such a beautiful time to be a woman. And great. thankfully this year, I've had a lot of opportunity to speak on this very topic to, you know, whether it's business owners or nonprofit leaders or church leaders, I've had an opportunity to talk about, you know, the woman today, the makeup of a woman today, uh, the millennial woman, the Gen Z woman coming up and what opportunities she's going to be afforded versus the opportunities um, of women 10 years ago, women 20 years ago. And so for me, I feel like um, just the fact that I am able to be in a room, uh, there have been so many opportunities just this year that I can think of where I've been able to lead breakout sessions and it's completely men and completely pastors. And I'm able to lead that and they're attending and listening and hearing what I have to say. I don't know if that was something that even existed 10 years ago. Um, Beyond that, when it comes to a discipleship standpoint, there are two women in my life who speak and travel and consult in different areas. And because they do that, I now have an opportunity to travel with them, to follow them, to um, learn from them, to watch, um, to gain wisdom and insight. I think that Again, 10, 15 years ago, I don't know women who were doing that, that had an opportunity for me to come glean from and learn from. And in the same vein, I'm always bringing women with me into those spaces. I'm always looking for a woman in my sphere who has influence, a voice, a similar gifting that I can bring with me into these spaces to watch, to learn, to rub shoulders with these people. Um, beyond that, I think I'm on a practical level, I'm... I will say that it it does take, and I'll speak this to you know whoever's listening. It takes men who aren't just um, saying, "Yeah, we're for women in the workplace, or we're for women in leadership, or we're for women in our church sphere." I think it really does take men who are willing to say, "I'm not just going to say it. I'm going to put 
skin in the game for this. And I'm actually going to be an intentional person who opens doors and does things for women. And so for me, I've been afforded that, you know, as you know, I'm sitting here at Leadership Network uh, doing this interview with you and Leadership Network has been a huge door opener for me who has opened doors for me and allowed me to be in spaces where they lead cohorts with men pastors and they'll bring me in to talk to these men and, and disciple them and really teach them about the makeup of a woman today and how they can lead that woman in their church and how they can use the proper analogies and their messages to relate to a modern day woman, not a woman that's just at home watching the kids and cleaning. You know, she's a different woman today. She's single in her thirties, owning her own business. And so how do we connect with her on a Sunday experience, not just through the same stories and analogies, but how do we really make room for her in our church? And so I think I'm it's really been people like Leadership Network, people like Grant, who Grant has never been afraid. I mean, we're both, he's young, I'm young, but he's has a ton of favor with his platform and he's never been afraid to give me almost more of a stage than him at times in spaces um, and trusted me with that and my voice. And so I think if you're a, a male listening, who's passionate about this, you've got to be willing to let go of some things and open doors in ways to give women opportunities and spaces to learn, to make mistakes, um, to really, um, have unique opportunities. And so for me, I think the most unique thing that God's really given me a voice in, and I'm, I'm not necessarily, I mean, I love the opportunities I have. I thrive in the opportunities of ministering to women through our retreats and leading those female retreats. I speak at women's conferences. I get to speak at other churches retreats and host different things. But the most unique opportunity I've been given as a woman is I get to speak into the lives of men I think more than most women my age and, um, and lead them and teach them. And so I, I see that as such a high value mark and such a high unique opportunity. And I don't take it for granted. I'm always thinking, you know, what is the woman my age that's leading and, you know, wanting to have a place of influence and a voice. What is it that she wishes, you know, her boss would know, um, or her pastor would know, or her, um, dad would even know to really, um, see her as someone who has more than just, um, the potential to become a mom, but the potential to really make a, a huge impact, um, and their sphere and their calling. And so I would say that, that, uniqueness of what I get to do is very rare and something that I really do um, just see a ton of value in. And I'm so thankful that I get to speak into that. Awesome. I love the, uh, just some of the realities that we're learning now as a male. Um, I'm constantly being woken up to a new thought or a new idea. And one of the podcasts I absolutely loved uh, conversing and, and having in the conversation was Katie Cole and Katie talking about different ways, depending on um, your ecclesiology and your view of church may be a little bit different, yeah. but here are some really practical things. So get practical with us, Monica. How can male leaders raise up female leaders and empower them right now? Yeah, that's so good. And I, I always preface this by just saying that I recognize that there are a lot of different beliefs and viewpoints when it comes to women and their position of power. That's really what it is. It's a position of power and it's opening doors for them. Um, and I always like to say that the reality is that we live in a world where those doors are opening 
wide open in some areas for women. And I would say in the corporate sphere, it's wide open for women and it may not look biblically and it may not look ethically, but it's definitely wide open. And then in some places, the door is somewhat open and other places it's shut. And so I always encourage people, you know, with where you're at, um, what, what step can you take to really open that door more and open it ethically well for women and in a way that is honoring and biblical, uh, for you as a male as well, because I believe that we all need one another. Um, but practically speaking, I would say, uh, having the opportunity to speak a lot to business owners and pastors and different individuals is I always say, really think about as you're leading, whether it's um, on a Sunday experience, sharing a message, um, are you having anyone proof your messages? And if you are, are you having a female proof your messages outside of your wife? Um, is there a female leader in your church or in your congregation who is, um, proofing that message to say, this is great, but this doesn't actually connect with me at all on the stories that you're sharing or the analogies that you're giving and allowing her to give feedback so that you're connecting with that leader in your church. And she feels like there's a place for her from the perspective of a business leader. I always tell them, you know, if you have a a strong female leader on your team, maybe she's not in the position to lead or run a meeting, but is there a way that you can bring her into the conversation and help her help, you know, her evaluate what you're going to talk about and be a part of, uh, leading that in a way behind the scenes, but still contributing to what you're doing. Um, I would say super practically is, are you, um, being a door opener for these women? Um, or are you just saying I'm for you, I'm with you, but not really showing any action. And so to me, door openers are people who, not only make connections to say, Hey, I I think you should meet this person, but it's, um, a very practical thing of, you know, we met up in Colorado. I feel like that was a a door opener type of opportunity because here I am now on your podcast talking. Um, I also met with another woman there that Grant connected me to, and she hosts so many conferences throughout the year, helps plan and organize. And she's like, I've got to get you to come speak at some of my conferences. That's a door opener opportunity. It's not just a, Hey, I really like you and believe in you. It's, Hey, I'm going to open a door for you. And then it's up to you to close the deal. It's up to you to build the relationship. It's up to you to further the call that God has on you. And then lastly, I would just say, really invest in your women. Um, think about, um, after a conference, for example, um, or a retreat, for example, men will naturally get together. Women naturally get together, but there are many times when, um, I go to conferences and I speak and I am the only female that's in the room with a ton of men. And I want to go because I miss out on some really great conversations, some really great opportunities to connect. But as a man, really think about, are you creating an environment where a woman is welcome? Is it, um, we're going to go smoke cigars and drink whiskey on around a bonfire, most women don't want to do that. We'll have a glass of wine, but I don't want to smell like smoke and have cigars all around me. You know, or, or you created an environment where it's easy for her to come into and still feel like she contributes to the conversation. Are you saying, hey, let's have a tea time at 9 a.m. and all go golf together as men, but you're not really creating space for a woman to come into that because I don't golf and I'm so uncoordinated, but I want to be a part of those conversations and connected to what's happening. And so I think it's really just practically thinking about, am I creating space for this woman? Am I not just inviting her into it, but am I creating a space where it actually feels comfortable for her? Because on the flip side, no man would ever want to come get manicures and pedicures with a group of women where they connect. 
And that's, that's the analogy I like to give of what's a neutral ground for women to really feel like I can not only be invited to this, but I actually belong in their space for me. And it's not uncomfortable for me the whole time I'm here, but I'm here because I know I need to build these relationships and have these connections. So those are just some simple, practical things that are easy steps. And for everyone, it's a different step. We're all at different levels, but it's really just reframing your thinking to say, okay, how is my door open at all? Is it closed? And to what degree can I help open this door more for women? It's interesting. Even the the phrase door opener, I was raised in the South and, you know, kind of within um, that generation, within that space, it was like, that's what you do is you open physical doors for women, but it feels like the leader of the next generation is opening influence doors for women and changing the paradigm from, you know, a guy who's, who's courteous, but maybe unaware of where the female is to leaders. Now we need to be aware Mm -hmm. of what opportunities are we not giving accidentally. And like you say, guys are listening to the podcast going, no, she stomped all over golf, whiskey, <laughs> and cigars. Can you believe it? Um, I'm, I'm imagining a pedicure, you know, happening at, at a next conference. There are all kinds of exciting mm-hmm. ideas, Monica, we, we could do here, but no, thanks for that help. Very helpful to see some of the ways we accidentally mm-hmm. um, shut women out of the conversation. Talk about millennials for a minute. Uh, think about a leader over 45 that's listening to this conversation how do they raise up and empower millennials in leadership? Yeah, I think um, the easiest way is to build relationship, lead out of the relationship with them. Um, everything moves at the speed of relationship. If you're a business owner here and you have a business partner, you likely didn't make that deal um, you know, in, in a corporate setting. It was probably over drinks, hanging out, chilling, getting to know them, building trust with them, and then saying, hey, let's work together and I trust you and let's do this. And so things move at relationship. And a lot of business owners struggle in retaining millennials. Um, a lot of business owners re- struggle in just, um, I think churches too, even retaining great millennial leaders. It's it's a difficult thing, but how do we really raise them up, create space for them? I would say the easiest thing is to one, build relationship and two, give them ownership. Uh, we often ask and we kind of have this assumption that people are going to be members of something, but they actually need to be owners of something. And so don't make them a member where they, they come and they get to have access to all of the amenities, if you will, that your organization and your church has, but how do you really make them an owner? Would they put skin on the line, their names on the line? Um, they're investing their own time, their money, their resources into what is being built. If they can feel like owners of what you're doing, then they will lead in a way that you never even thought possible and have a loyalty to you that will outlast, I think, what you even would expect. Um, So I would say definitely build that intentional relationship. And secondly, give them ownership and hold them accountable. Accountability is one of the best things you can give to a millennial. And they will um, thrive off of that because they need it. That's a good word. And I think if anyone is listening to this podcast, and especially if you are a male older than 45, you've just been given a couple opportunities in very practical ways to empower other people, not only who are younger and who are female, but I think the opportunity today rests on us. We have so many opportunities to be able to empower. I love what you guys are doing and the relationship that you guys are building. You're really practicing so much of what you preach in terms of raising up even Gen Z. I'm excited to hear more and more how Initiative Network is caring for Gen Z 
and looking to the next generation, which I'm so grateful for and is so needed. We always end with this conversation, Monica, about health. We want leaders to lead for the long haul without losing their soul. We want to change the leadership conversation to know it's actually possible to continue to lead, to lead for a long time and to lead healthy. So how do you lead healthy? What are some practices you have in your life? Yeah, I would say I am naturally, um, I was an, an athlete all through high school. I actually was an athlete all through college, but I am not a naturally disciplined person. And so I think I'm sharing this because I feel like most people who are naturally disciplined have a better balance or at least to perceive better balance of health. So for me, I have had to really, um, just put in some, some simple practices and come to realize like these things I need to do annually, weekly, um, or daily to really help me check and stay in, in health. And so those things for me are, I work out three times a week minimum. And so, um, I have to do that. If I don't, I am just an unhealthy individual, not, not physically unhealthy. It really affects me emotionally and my headspace, um, working out, releasing that energy really helps me to stay focused and centered. And so for me, it's more than just a physical act. Um, second thing is I, um, I'm single, so I'm not leading out of a, a marriage or a relationship with someone where I'm making a lot of decisions with them, where they're kind of holding me accountable to how busy, how much am I working, how much time and energy am I putting into my day? And so I, I'm pretty strict that I have a cutoff point of around 7 PM. I'm not going to work anymore from 7 PM on. So I I turn my emails off. I turn all notifications off on my phone. And I actually have an app that hides certain apps off of my phone. So I won't be tempted to work past 7 p.m. So I have a better health in my day-to-day life. Um, Twice a year, I retreat by myself. I'm actually going away this weekend for two days by myself. Um, There are lots of really cool places. Um, I don't know if there's one near you, but there's, I mean, you're in the mountains, so it's so easy for you, but, um, for us here in Texas, not so easy, but there's a great place that actually has a setup where you can lock your phone in a lockbox and your, and your laptop, and you are in complete silence and, and solitude by yourself in a cabin. Um, and I'm doing that for a couple of days this weekend to kind of end my year off right and refocus and recenter and process some things that I haven't had time to process. And so, those things are pretty vital to me. Um, of course I eat healthy, uh, because I feel better mentally and have more energy. But I think as I've gotten older, um, and I'm not, I'm not old, old, but getting into my thirties now and recognizing that we can naturally, um, in the work that we do as entrepreneurs, as builders. Um, and really, even though I'm in the nonprofit sector, we're in a startup. And so there's a lot of work and energy and time that goes into what we do. And it can be really easy to get lost into that. But I've really tried to hold fast to the reality that I don't, I'm not going to be on my deathbed. I'm thinking about how much work I did and how awesome it was. You know, I'm going to be thinking about the lives that I impacted and the individuals who were transformed through the work I did, not because of the work I did. And so I really do try to to focus, um, my day to day time, my energy. Um, and even, um, the, the book you gave me, I've been using it, your, um, your stay forth designs, right side up journal. And I've been using it every day to say, okay, who am I going to connect with today on a personal level and reach out to you and just say a prayer for them or encourage them? Because 
I have to remind myself that it's not just the work, it's the people on the other side of the work that matter. And so it keeps me healthy and grounded to have a, a person that I'm thinking of, a person that's in my mind sight as I'm doing my work day in and day out. So um, working out, honestly, uh, turning notifications off, having an endpoint for the day, and then and then time to just rest and to get isolated and away from anybody and everybody. Those are the things that really help keep me grounded. Awesome. Well, thanks for all your work today, Monica. Thanks for coming on and dropping some wisdom bombs on the podcast. I look forward to hanging out at one of these future retreats. Yeah. And keep up the good work. We will leave the links in the show notes so you guys can find the great work of Initiative Network and connect some amazing millennials to what they're doing there. So thanks for all that you do, Monica. Yeah. Thanks, Alan. Great stuff there from Monica. I'm going to continue to track along with the Initiative Network and continue to invest some time in those leaders. You may go check them out online. But I just wanted to leave you with a question. What leader can you sponsor or mentor? Maybe it's a young leader. Maybe it's a leader who is an older leader but lacks confidence. Is there a leader that you can sponsor or mentor, give them a space of influence, pull them along, bring them along, give them a shot in leadership? If you are a leader, somebody gave you a shot. Somebody poured their life into you. Somebody gave you an opportunity And somebody looked into the whites of your eyes and said, you can lead. You've got it in you. And we need to be those people pulling up those who need the opportunity. So look around, maybe write a few names. And I would encourage you, reach out to them. Shoot them a text. Shoot them an email. uh, Put a time on the calendar to get together with them and to begin that leadership journey where you can walk alongside of them. Guys, it is so important. We are not living our lives for our own. We are on borrowed time. And we want to steward this one life God has given us for the greatest possible impact. And we cannot do that alone. So continue to pour in to the next generation. Continue to pour into those around you who just need some life experience or just need some of what God has put into your life. Guys, we love this podcast. We love the listeners. I'm excited to welcome David back to the podcast here next week. God is doing some incredible things in your lives and we want to be part of it. So drop us a line over at stayforth.com. You can also check out some of the tools that we have for productivity, for organization, for administration, for just getting stuff out of the way so that you can get to the best stuff, which is being with people, leading people, and ultimately making disciples of this next generation. So long.